0: Hey, y'all. I'm Father Jason Emerson, the rector of the Episcopal Church of the Nativity in Fort Oglethorpe, Georgia. You have tuned in to the Nativity Podcast, where we explore the love of God through Scripture, reason, and tradition. Today, we are beginning a series on Ephesians. We are in year B of the three-year Sunday morning lectionary cycle. And the second readings, the ones commonly from the letters of the New Testament, assigned for August, are from Ephesians. So, this is an opportunity to dig deeper into this letter from St. Paul to the church in Ephesus. At least, we think it's from St. Paul. More on that later. Don't worry if you have never heard of the city of Ephesus. We'll get into that in a moment. However, before we dive headlong into Ephesians, let me extend two heartfelt invitations to you. First, read Ephesians. You can find it online if you don't have a Bible lying around, and it's short. It's only six chapters. In the edition lying on my desk right now, it's also only six pages. You can bang through that in an hour. Like I said, it's a letter, and it's not—so letters aren't usually massive tomes of dialogical discourse. No, Paul, or whoever wrote this letter, is writing to people he loved— so not only is it short, it's personal and accessible. So I highly, highly recommend reading it in a single sitting. Read the whole thing, just like you would a letter. It will give you the author's complete thought of what he was trying to say to the followers of Jesus and Ephesus. Now, here's the second invitation. On Sundays in August— If you are near Fort Oglethorpe, Georgia, come join us at 10 a.m. at the Church of the Nativity. Our adult Bible study is going to be on the particular readings from Ephesians that we're going to use in worship. And we're going to play with these readings. We're going to engage with them creatively. And I really mean play with them. Play as a spiritual discipline is mighty, mighty strong. And sacred play with the scriptures is spiritually enriching. I said these are heartfelt invitations, and I mean it. I've never done a deep dive into a book of the Bible and not been enriched by the experience. So I'm making these invitations to you because participating in them will make your life better. So read the book of Ephesians and come join us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. During this podcast series, we're going to be looking at the bigger picture and background of the entire book. Think of it like this. During the podcast, we look at the forest, and on Sundays, we look at particular trees. So, let's dive into the book. Let's take a little bit of a background of the the letter to the Ephesians. So, where and when? Ephesus is a major seaport on the western edge of modern-day Turkey, Um, and so... Paul founded, St. Paul, traditionally speaking, has founded the church in Ephesus. We're pretty confident that he was the actual found, uh, church planter in that particular situation. Uh, and so, ostensibly, this is a letter from Paul to the church in Ephesus, written later, after he's left. However, the authorship is a bit disputed. And that's for two reasons. Some of the earliest manuscripts don't have the name Ephesians in verse 1 it's written to them. It may have been written as a more general letter to a lot of churches. And in the body of the letter, the author does not address any specific issues going on in the congregation and the community, and he doesn't name any particular people. We see in other letters of Paul, like Romans, that he names Prisca and Aquila, the two church leaders he's writing to and planning to stay with when he goes to Rome. Um, Also in the letters to the Corinthians, he addresses specific behaviors and also confronts opponents of, and, and talks about things that are going on, specific things that are going on in the community. This doesn't happen in the letter to the Ephesians. Also, the outline of the book is very similar to Colossians, almost down to repeating specific language. So that could indicate... That it was written by Paul in the late fifties of the first century, of what we call the Common Era, Common Era, when Paul was spending a lot of time in Asia Minor, or it was written in the late first century by a close follower of Paul that was very familiar with the letter to the Colossians. It's hard to know for sure. Um, speaking as a preacher. I use the same shape and outline for sermons and newsletter articles and and things a lot it It's not all the time, but that there's patterns that you get into as a public theologian as a public pastor, as a public speaker um and, and so it you know, the fact that the outline of Colossians and Ephesians is really similar could indicate that somebody else wrote Ephesians, or it could indicate that Paul just used a similar format when he wrote to different churches. We're not really sure. So for the sake of the podcast and for Sunday mornings, I'll be referring to Paul as the author. And that could mean specifically St. Paul, or at least means that this happens, this letter happens within the teachings of Paul and the school of Paul's thought in early Christianity in the first century. Looking at the book, it's generally accepted that it's in two large sections, chapters one through three, and chapters four through six. The first three chapters are theological teaching, while the second three chapters are primarily ethical exhortation. Now, there are theological statements in the second half of the book, and there's ethical uh, encouragement in the first half of the book. These things overlap a book a lot, but... Primarily, the first three chapters deal with theological statements, and he's teaching them about the nature of God. More on that in a second. And in the second half of the book, he's telling them how to behave. That's that's a general rule, but we shouldn't be too strict about it. Now, like I said, the first half was theological teaching. Let's break apart that word theology for a moment. The word theology comes from two Greek words, theos, which means God, and logos, which means words. So theology is words about God. What we say about God by our words, by our speech, and also by our actions. That's theology. Ephesians speaks about God. Does God talk? Teaches about God? Does theology? By describing what God has done, by describing God's actions. Actions Have you ever heard it said, I don't care what you say, I care what you do, or uh, look at how someone behaves, not how they speak? Well, you know, our actions and our behaviors tell us a lot about other people. And the same goes for God. What God does, the actions of God, tell us something about the nature of God. And that's what the author of Ephesians, what Paul is doing. He's teaching the Ephesians about God by describing God's actions. In, verse, in chapter 1, verses 3 through 14, we see several things that God does. God blesses us, or blessed us, chose us, destined us for adoption, and bestowed grace upon us, and other things. And then in verses 7 um, and the first part of verse 8, it says, In him we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the richness to the riches of his grace that he lavished on us. So the best definition of grace I ever heard came from a six-year-old. He said, grace is something good that we get that we don't deserve. We don't deserve God's love. We can't earn God's love. We can't earn God's forgiveness. We can't earn the riches of God's Uh, presence and redemption of us. God lavishes that upon us, and it's an act of grace. And the church teaches this today, still today, in a lot of ways. But most dramatically, we proclaim it, we teach it, we live it through the Eucharist, and that we receive the body and blood of Christ. We, re- we receive what we call the real presence of Jesus that binds us together as the body of Christ. Something we cannot deserve, something we cannot earn. We are freely given it in the simplest of forms, in bread and wine. Simple bread, humble wine that nourishes us not just physically but spiritually as well. At the closing prayer of the Eucharist, we say we've been given spiritual food to go out and then be the body of Christ in the world. And that's what the Eucharist is. And it is a theological statement of this lavish grace that God wants to be with us, to be so much a part of us that God literally wants to be within us, wants us to consume God's presence through body and wine and be within us. And that's what... Paul is talking about this lavish, rich, glorious presence of God, this relationship that God is, is God is initiating, that God wants to be in with us and inviting us to be in with God. So that concludes our podcast today. And I really thank you for joining in. If you came to the podcast via Facebook, please like, comment, and share it around. If you're if you are a subscriber through iTunes, We would really appreciate a five star rating and review. I'm Father Jason reminding you that God loves you more than you can possibly imagine.